With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G-E-G-P. Good evening, good people. Welcome back to the station. Welcome back to the channel. Y'all know it is your boy, Ray G. You can find me on X at Ray GQ. Happy Christmas Eve. And if you're checking out this content on Monday, Merry Christmas to you all out there. It's been a crazy year, right? Already. The NFL season is almost over. The fantasy season is a wrap and rookie draft this season is upon us. So for everybody that's new, you're checking out this channel for the first time. Rookies, that's what we do, baby. You want to find the Puka Nakua's, the Elijah Mitchells, the Tank Dells, the A. Riches, et cetera, et cetera. This is where you got to be tapped into. So hit that thumbs up button. Like the content. Subscribe. But as we roll through the end of the fantasy season and prepare for rookie drafts, we got to start the mocks. We got to start talking about these players, where they could potentially land. And looking at what happened today in the NFL, I got questions. Got question, Commanders fans, y'all been telling me, ain't no way, GQ. We ain't taking no quarterback. We got to shore up the trenches. The O-line is bad. I'm looking at two weeks in a row, Sam Howell's been yanked. Some of these other teams, the Titans, the Lions, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Colts, their needs across the board. What are they going to do? We're going to talk about it right now. So stay tapped in. I'm glad you're locked in. Let's get it, baby. Let's take a look at what the win-loss records are right now as Sunday Night Football is going down. Carolina, man, they fought hard. Bryce Young over 300 yards, two touchdowns, but they end up losing at home to Green Bay. So they still have the number one overall pick, which goes to the Chicago Bears, who won their game tonight in a uh, in a in an entertaining one for a little bit. Justin Fields played well, beat the Arizona Cardinals, but Chicago's actual pick is eighth, and then they've got Carolina's pick at the one spot. Arizona losing that game holds serve at two. Patriots at three. Commanders at four. Tennessee, 105. Interesting. The Chargers sixth. Giants seventh, pending a Monday night football game. Eighth is Chicago. The Jets ninth. Tenth are the Raiders. And the Falcons sitting at 11. And it's interesting because I said, you know, a lot of the Falcons were, they were winning. They were winning too much. And I'm like, ah, they're not going to be in the range or in striking distance to get a significant quarterback to upgrade that offense. And sitting at 11, they're going to have a shot. And we're going to talk about that this on this show. Saints at 12, Green Bay 13, the Vikings 14, and we'll stop at 15. Denver Broncos, we'll stop at 16. Arizona's got the 16th pick. So Arizona right now projected to have projected to have two top 20 picks in 2024. It's going to be very nice for them. Commanders losing six straight, Chargers three straight. Yeah, it's pretty ugly 
at the top of this board. So just looking at what happened today. Atlanta, they beat down the Colts, right? You know, Taylor Heineke came in and looked worlds better than Desmond Ritter ever has. So Taylor Heineke showing that, yeah, Kyle Pitts can get involved. Drake London didn't do, didn't do as much, but uh, he got the win for the Atlanta Falcons. But that's a team who definitely could be in the contention for a quarterback or should be, especially picking 11th overall. The Commanders, I talked about it a little bit. Sam Howe, are they going to use him as the scapegoat? I'm not sure. But all I know is them losing, what did they lose? By two points to the Jets in a game it felt like the Commanders could have won. I mean, it got away from them early. They, they were down early big. Sam Howell pulled six for 22, two interceptions in that game, was sacked one time. Jacoby Brissett comes in for two weeks in a row. Offense looks much better when Jacoby Brissett gets in. So are they going to scapegoat Washington? So let's talk about how we need to proceed or at least be thinking about how we proceed in a rookie mock and the settings for this, we did one quarterback last week, very standard, vanilla, uh, two QB, so a super flex. I know I got one QB up there, we want to change that. This is super flex. We are going to do super flex, not two QB, super flex uh, PPR. That's it, super flex PPR 101. We're going to talk about it now, and it's going to be discussed at great length throughout the draft process. Who should go 101 in super flex formats? Most people, for the most of us, uh, it's going to be the quarterback, right? In Superflex, QB is king. Unless you've got a Marvin Harrison Jr. in the class. So I, I go back and forth daily on this. And if we look right now, and let's try to let's try to project out how this would look. So right at the top, you got Chicago at one. They're they're, you know, they're winning. They're winning with fields. Are we sure? Are we positive Chicago's going to go in another direction? You look at Justin Fields, his progression individually over the first couple of years in Chicago to this season, and it's leaps and bounds where he was. But then you compare him to the rest of his peers in the NFL, and he's still one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, EPA per drop back, EPA per pass attempt. He's still not good. He still has not developed the consistency from that standpoint. Even though he's scoring us fantasy points, he's doing a hell of a job running around. I love the play-action rollouts, throwbacks across the field that he hit Cole Komet on. But is Chicago and Ryan Poles sold on him to build around long-term? I'm going to shock some people, and I'm going to say, yeah, they are. So I don't know. The way that I'm sitting today, I mean, Chicago's still technically in playoff contention. So... I don't know if they're going to take a quarterback. Everybody's saying that they are, but wouldn't this be a fantastic opportunity for Chicago to build around their young playmaker? And Justin Fields may never look like Aaron Rodgers. He may never play like Tom Brady, but can he be a version of a Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson with weapons and consistency? So at the one spot, if Chicago passes on quarterback and takes, right, Marvin Harrison Jr. at the one spot, just kind of twist the draft community's head upside down. And don't don't think this is a crazy notion because every year something happens in the draft that is unforese- unforeseen, unexpected. Bryce Young going number one overall really didn't get steam until, until the end. And you look at that decision. Do they really want to pass up on Marv knowing that they have the eighth pick? And potentially there could be a quarterback there. So for, for the sake of this exercise... Caleb nor Drake may go one-on-one to Chicago. Arizona's sitting there at two spot. They're like, damn it. I need to trade out. I don't want to take this pick. We're not replacing Kyler Murray. Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there. We're not going to take neighbors this high. Maybe they got to pivot to O-line. 
So the New England Patriots would be the team that would get the first crack at quarterback. And let's just say they do take the aforementioned Caleb Williams. And right now, I, I know there are rumors about Bill Belichick going to other places, but Bill Belichick is in New England. He stays. He's, somehow they beat the Broncos tonight, and, and Bill Belichick remains the head coach of the New England Patriots. How would we feel about those two picks in, ge- in general? How would you feel about any favorite quarterback landing with Bill Belichick? And you can tell me right now, it's guaranteed, Ray, he's gone. Until he's gone and until he makes that decision, I'm not operating with that mindset that Bill, I'm operating, that Bill Belichick is still there in New England. And I'm telling you right now, it terrifies the living daylights out of me. So if that were the case, the New England Patriots, they take Caleb Williams at three. The Washington Commanders, I know you fans keep telling me that you can roll with Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, upgrade the offensive line. They probably should take Olu Fashano, uh, the, def- the offensive tackle out of Penn State, or Joe Alt, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. But man, new head coach, potentially, new ownership, they need a splash. You're hearing about Mike Tomlin, hearing about all these coaches potentially going to Washington. Is this not a great opportunity for them to reset their franchise with a dynamic dual threat type quarterback in Drake May? Drake May goes number two, right here, number four overall to the Washington Commanders. Then you've got the Titans, the Chargers. Both of those teams could potentially draft a wide receiver. Then you got the Giants sitting at number at at seven. Hear me out, folks. Just hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Giants at seven probably got to roll with Daniel Jones another year, even though Jaden Daniels is the stud quarterback out of LSU Heisman Trophy winner sitting here. Could the Giants pull the trigger at seven on a quarterback, or do they go offensive skill position, with which they need a wide receiver in the worst way, which would, let's say they do. They take Malik Neighbors here at seven and at eight. The Chicago Bears are on the clock again, and there's a quarterback waiting. Is Jaden Daniels better than Justin Fields? Justin Fields has been in the NFL for three freaking years, and we've seen him be successful in the NFL. Not, not consistently, but we've seen him be successful. I think it would be a stretch to assume that Jaden Daniels could step into Chicago and be better than what they have in fields. So this is an opportunity for Chicago to upgrade another position of need. And I'm not a Bears insider. I'm not a Bears fan, so I don't know what that is. Offensive line, I, I don't know if they're good. You know, there are some good defensive tackles. you got uh, DNs, Latu Latu, probably going to go high in the draft. Maybe they upgrade another position. Jets, Aaron Rodgers said he's there. They're not taking a quarterback. you got the Raiders and the Falcons. We're right there, Atlanta. We're right there. Jaden Daniels in Atlanta, I want it. Do the Raiders, do they roll with Aiden O'Connell or do they take a quarterback? So let's get to the rookie mock. With some of the the foundational conversation, we'll pencil in a quarterback in Las Vegas. Jaden Daniels goes to Las Vegas, number 10 pick overall, and he is the franchise setter for the Raiders moving forward. Then you got the Atlanta Falcons, and we'll talk about Atlanta in a minute with Jaden Daniels off of the board. So, With that in mind, Chicago drafts Marv 1, the New England Patriots take Caleb Williams 2, a third, and then the Washington Commanders take Drake May 4th overall. What would this look like? Well, I still think Marvin Harrison Jr. would be the 101. Caleb Williams in New England with Bill Belichick, I don't think he's coming off of the board too. This is what I think would happen, and, and let me know in the comments. Comment below. With the scenario that we laid out, the quick five-minute rookie mock, the NFL mock that we just did, like, be real. How would y'all feel about Caleb right now in New England? You tell me it's Ben Johnson. You tell me it's, you know, Bobby Slowick from, from Houston, whomever it is. Maybe I feel different. 
But with Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, I don't feel great. So at 102, my goodness, um, Drake May, are people going to gravitate towards that landing spot, that quarterback? You know, he would have, you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got Jahan Dotson, you know, Chris Rodriguez played well today. I know there's no line, may can move around. Drake May comes off the board 102. So you're sitting at 103, and we already know the running backs in this class are not very good. Travion Henderson is going back to school, so we lose him from the class. RB1, the hell if I know. It's Trey Benson, Bucky Irving, Braylon Allen. I have no idea. Neither do you, neither do I. But we're going to keep going. We're going to flow with this thing. So Drake May comes off the board, number four overall pick uh, to the Washington Commanders. And I think it's just silly season at this point. There's no way I'm taking Jaden Daniels over Caleb Williams. I don't like the landing spot at all. But you know what? We thought the landing spot in New England was great a couple of years ago. It turned out bad. We didn't think this landing spot would be good. It turns out great. So Caleb Williams, bet on the talent. But I do think that dynasty gamers, it's not NFL, are so fearful of that New England situation and Bill Belichick and his inability to surround his quarterbacks with weapons. He didn't even surround Tom Brady with weapons consistently, right? And when he did, Brady went out there and threw 50 touchdown passes and went undefeated damn near on his route to a Super Bowl, lost to the Giants. And then when they gave him, you know, Wes Welker and he had these other pieces, he was very good. He turned freaking Julian Edelman, a college quarterback, into a player that people actually have Hall of Fame conversations about. So I understand the apprehensive the apprehension with him landing in that spot, but it's still freaking Caleb Williams. So he's got to come off the board right here. And then at 104, I don't think it's a running back. It's not a wide receiver, and it's not Brock Bowers. With Jaden Daniels in this scenario, going number four overall, Daniels comes off the board. He is the Raiders signal caller, top 10 pick. Boom, 104. Super flex. You got three quarterbacks that can run, three quarterbacks that push the ball downfield. I love it. This is this would be great. I'd love to have a top four pick, even if it's the QB3 off of the board, Jaden Daniels. So at 105, this is where shit gets interesting. And let's go back to the board and talk about it. So Atlanta, we stopped at Atlanta for a reason, because I believe that Atlanta and New Orleans, to a degree, could upgrade their quarterback room. Now, New Orleans has a little more invested in Derek Carr, which probably means he's there next year at least, at least next year through next season. Atlanta ain't got no ties. But Desmond Ritter, depending on how things shake out, looks like the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to win the NFC South. Does Arthur Blank get rid of Arthur Smith? New head coach normally means new quarterback, especially when it's Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter chilling on your roster. So here at 11, folks, I don't know which one it's going to be. But we're going to get another one. And all the rumors and smoke outside of college football right now is that Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy could potentially go back. A lot of people didn't think that was was even in the realm of possibility. But it's looking like McCarthy, depending on what happens in the college football playoffs, he could go back. And then there's another scenario where a quarterback who a lot of college football analysts believe is coming back may light the college football playoffs up in return and come back to the and go enter into the NFL draft, enter into the NFL draft. I'm talking about Quinn Ewers of Texas. So J.J. McCarthy trending towards probably going back. Quinn Ewers has got a nice roster. I still think he returns to college. So that leaves Michael Penix Jr., who's going to have an incredible task ahead of him against pro- arguably top five, top three defense in college football, 
Texas's secondary is insane. Their defensive line is, you cannot run on them. If Penix lights them up, moves on or, or loses, but puts up monster numbers, he's got a senior bowl trip ahead of him. He's got experience. I'm not saying that I would do it, but I can see a world where the Atlanta Falcons draft Michael Penix and or Quinn Ewers and or if he has a good one, J.J. McCarthy here at 11. And if that happens, if Michael Penix or Quinn Ewers do enough to get themselves drafted inside the top 15, well, let's talk about it. Michael Penix in Atlanta throwing the ball to B. John Robinson, to Kyle Pitts, to Drake London. Quinn Ewers in Atlanta throwing the ball to B. John Robinson, his, te- his college teammate, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Bo Nix, even though I think he's out of that, that range, but you just never know. You never know. Mac Jones, people didn't think Mac Jones would be a top 15 pick. I don't think Bo Nix should be, but you never know. I think there's a real-world possibility. Atlanta takes Michael Penix at 11, knowing that they, they need a distributor. They don't need Justin Fields. They want somebody that can distribute the ball to the capital and the assets they invested in those young, those young offensive skill position players. For three straight seasons, the Falcons have drafted offense in the first round. Three straight years. Kyle Pitts, 2021. Drake London, 2022. Bijan Robinson. All of them top eight picks three years in a row. You got to find somebody to get him the ball. Michael Penix Jr., come on down. I, I'm nervous, right? He can't throw out. He can't throw on the run. He can't run. He's He's got injuries. But, man, if you give him time, he's like 2 or 2.0. Like he can just distribute the ball like a point guard. So Michael Penix gets top 15 capital. Michael Penix is probably, probably going to be a top five pick in super flex formats, which at 106, you start to get into Brock Bowers territory. Who's your favorite receiver? It's Malik Neighbors. He's wide receiver 1B in this class. There's nobody else. It's freaking Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors is the second wide receiver off the board. I don't want to hear about anybody else. I like Troy Franklin. I like A.D. Mitchell, even though I'm hearing A.D. Mitchell may go back. I like all these other guys. Malik Neighbors is a different cat. Malik Neighbors coming off the board at 106. Now, 107, you've got Odunze. You've got Keon Coleman, who feels like he's starting to be, the community is souring on Coleman the more that this process goes on. At 107, looking at the dynasty landscape and how the community has reacted to the young tight ends, Trey McBride, Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, not of recent, but earlier, I think tight end, people are thirsting for the next big thing. How valuable would a Brock Bowers be in any format? If you were to draft Brock Bowers here, and you might say, Ray, the value, you, you got to go receiver here. You can't, you can't go tight end, you know, in just a standard PPR league. If Brock Bowers is as good as we think he is, he's probably the starting tight end from day one. Odunze, Coleman, Franklin, whomever we slot in after this, probably not going to slot in as the top dog on that team from day one. I I venture to say and challenge that you can take your Brock Bowers and probably trade for any wide receiver that gets drafted after him at this point. Malik Neighbors, not going to happen, but Odunze, there's a lot of people not all the way sure on Roma Odunze. Keon Coleman, more people are, are not sure and fearful of Keon Coleman and don't even get me started on the running back. So I think value wise, even though the 107, it feels kind of like an interesting spot, like, ah, I don't know if I really want to pick here. If I had to have one asset on my roster that I believe is going to increase in value and has nothing to do with the production on the field, just 
the hype and enthusiasm around a player like Brock Bowers, I, I don't think you can pass him up here at 107, even though conventional wisdom says, oh, man, you probably got to take the wide receiver. So we're going to go Romo Dunze, who's my wide receiver three. We're going to put him here at the 108 spot. We'll have conversations about other guys, but uh, right now I think Odunze pretty comfortably at the 108 spot. Then we get to 109. We've been talking a lot of Keon Coleman and talking about all this stuff. And y'all, this is this is where it starts to get it gets rough for you, boy. Because I I kind of want to put Bo Nix in there. I think Bo Nix deserves to be in there. He's probably going to have a great pre-draft process and get drafted in a range where. Like he's probably going to matter. Well, you're like you're gonna need. He's, he's getting picked at least by the end of the second round. That's what it feels like. I don't want to. I don't want to speak too definitive, but it feels like he's going to at least be a second round pick in the uh, in the NFL draft. But I'm looking through my running backs right now: Benson, Allen, Irving, Shipley, Corum, Edwards. Can't do it, right? Like we can't do that. Not yet. Not yet. That's too damn early. Uh, Keon Coleman. Ah, right here at the 109 spot. Right now, he still is probably closer to declaring than not. We're going to put in J.J. McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan. He's probably still closer to declaring than he is going back, especially depending on what happens with Michigan, how their college football playoff run goes. But J.J. McCarthy, talented quarterback, probably not ready to go right now, probably not a top first-round pick. He feels like... He's going to get picked in the range if he declares like we're Teddy Bridgewater, Kenny, late 20s, 30s, team trades up, grabs J.J. McCarthy, not to start him. He's sitting behind, you know, who do I, who, sitting behind some veteran, right? Tampa Bay drafts him and he sits behind Baker for a year and a half. Some team drafts him and he's, the Rams draft him and he sits behind Stafford for a year. Feels something like that with J.J. McCarthy right now, but we'll see how he progresses through the college football playoff run that he's about to go on. At the 110 spot, I'll say this. I'm, I'm More and more, it's just sure, steady. He may not be great. He may not be great, but I know he's not bad. I know Emeka Egbuka can play. He may not have any superpower in any one area, speed, quickness, contested catchability, but he's just good. He's just a solid wide receiver. He can just do a little bit of everything, and I do believe Emeka Egbuka is going to get the capital that matters. So he slots in at the 110 spot. And what's the name of the game right now in, in the NFL? It's speed. It's ability to flip the field. He has some question marks. There are some warts there. He's got to catch the damn ball. But Xavier Worthy has elite-type speed. He's going to be a difference-making type player at the next level. We're going to slot him in at the 111. He's playing late. He's with the, uh, and a fantastic ascending college quarterback. I think X worthy right now. I would love to take a shot on him. A lot of leagues that we run at Destination Debbie are best ball. So he's like the quintessential late first round best ball dart with upside that's probably going to get first round capital once he tests at the NFL combine. So X worthy could be an early declare. And hell, he might go back. There's talk about AD Mitchell probably going back to Texas. Now, at the 112 spot, we can take RB1. We can take another quarterback, QB5. We've got fantastic receiving options like Xavier Leggett, Tez Walker. We still have got Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. A.D. Mitchell, the aforementioned A.D. Mitchell. There's still plenty of players on the board, not to mention the running backs. Blake Corum, Braylon Allen, Trey Benson, 
Donovan Edwards, so many running backs, which just means 102, 103, and beyond are going to be great. But I think at the 112 spot, I'm going to continue to have Keon Coleman there. I know people are a little uh, on Coleman right now, but by the time the draft rolls around, by the time the combine rolls around and people start to see, damn, this dude's 6'3", 215, can fly. I think people will be in on the talent of Keon Coleman. You know, I plan on stopping right here. I'm 23 minutes in. I plan on stopping right here. But let's just go a little bit further. Let's go a little bit further. So 201, right? 201 is up. And uh, this is uh, this is not Snake. So it would be the team that picked 101. They took a Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. And how excited would you be to have your pick of the litter from Troy Franklin? You could take uh, Brian Thomas Jr., You've got Bo Nix still on the board. So I think at 201, at this point, I think it is a good spot for Bo Nix. So we'll put Bo Nix there. If you've started off with Marv and then you get you a, a, a nice quarterback, probably drafted in the range where he's going to get an opportunity to start, a la a Will Levis, a la some of these other second-round quarterbacks, I don't think that's a bad play to take Bo Nix here at the 201. Like I talked about, you got awesome wide receivers on the board, and maybe this is where some people who have a, a top-three grade on Troy Franklin – he comes off the board at the 202 spot after Troy Franklin. I don't think it would be long before LSU's Brian Thomas Jr. is selected. And this is one where I'm real high on him. If A.D. Mitchell goes back, BTJ is probably going to be in that Emeka Egbuka, J.J. McCarthy, X-worthy range. But right now, with the way the board is falling, Brian Thomas Jr. coming off at the 203 spot. Right now, do I feel good about a running back versus whatever quarterbacks or wide receivers are left? Uh, not yet. And right now, since he's still, in my opinion, probably going to declare A.D. Mitchell, who I am a lot higher on, and if I knew with 100% certainty and hadn't heard from somebody that I know with close ties to Texas that he's probably leaning towards going back, probably would have had A.D. Mitchell up right after Emeka Ibuka. I'm very high on A.D. Mitchell, but man, if he goes back, even better long-term for his outlook. So A.D. Mitchell off of the board at the 204 spot, and this is where I think it's okay to start thinking about the running back position. So at the 205 spot, sure, Trey Benson, RB1 by default, for probably for a lot of people. Trey Benson is off the board, and I think what happens after this is people are like, okay, we know the class is a little down, and there aren't a ton of running backs, so I need to get one of them. And in that 206, I think Braylon Allen would probably soon fall off the board. After that, you've got Bucky Irving. We see, we'll see how he tests. And you've got Blake Quorum. Probably not Blake Quorum time just yet, but we could see that down the line. So we've got Will Shipley still left from the running back position. You've got tight end Jaheim Bell, wide receiver Anaya Smith, who I'm going to be really high on Anaya Smith. But right now, this is sort of where the next two picks, I'm going to stop at 20. We're going to go 20 picks deep. Trey Benson, Braylon Allen off of the board. And I do think Bucky Irving. He is one where, man, I I just want official measurements on Bucky. If he's 5'10", 205, he's probably going to be right around that RB3 range for me as well. We just got to get those, got to get those official measurements in. And then at the 20th spot, which is the 208, Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. I don't know if we even have Leggett in here, but Xavier Leggett is one. I'm just going to put Xavier Townsend in here as a placeholder, but this would be X Leggett out of South Carolina. And I'm excited to see him at the Senior Bowl in a couple of weeks, but at six foot three, 230 pounds, 
projected to fly at the combine, that athleticism on the outside. A lot of people are going to make Debo Samuel comps because he plays at South Carolina. Took him a little while to go. He's a senior, all these other things. He's big and he's fast and he's strong. Raw, a little bit more developmental, but I think Xavier Leggett, this would be a nice range to take him. Again, man, you got Will Shipley, Blake Horm still on the board. JT Sanders, depending on if he comes out the tight end out of Texas. Very, very exciting class from a running back perspective where you can get some of these guys and none of them are going to cost you top top round picks, right? Nobody is going to be one of the players that's that's drafted early. Like you're probably going to walk away with some nice RB value in 2024 much, much later. So I'm just giving you a look at the board, how everything shaked out. Uh, shook out, shook out, shaked out, whatever. Marv, Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Malik Neighbors, Brock Bowers, Romo, Dunze, J.J. McCarthy, Emeka Buka, Xavier Worthy, and Keon Coleman. Kicked off the second round with Bo Nix, Troy Franklin, Brian Thomas, A.D. Mitchell, Trey Benson, Braylon Allen, Bucky Irvin, and Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina, rounding out 208. That's 20 picks deep. I really don't want to go any deeper than that. I mean... Because at that point, I'm just throwing names out there. Sure, Blake Corum. Sure, Donovan Edwards. Sure, Tez Walker. And man, honestly, I think Tez Walker. Like, that's the one I need to redo. Tez Walker should have been in here. I'd probably take Tez Walker over Xavier Leggett right now. I'd probably put Tez Walker here at the 208 spot and kick uh, X Leggett down. But there you go. Little halftime, little halftime break for you. Taking a look at the 2024 class. We're going to do a lot of these. And it's going to get really fun and really interesting once we get more mock drafts. Jordan Reed, from Dane Brugler, from all these big-name analysts who are doing the actual NFL mocks. And then we mock based on landing spot, draft capital, other positional needs. It'll get real fun over here at DD. So I appreciate you tapping in to the channel. Make sure that you're on tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Central Time. So 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be doing a live stream before the 49ers and the Ravens game. Talking about everything that sort of happened in the NFL and what to expect on this awesome Christmas Day Sunday night game. So make sure you get tapped into the channel. Make sure you're here. Subscribe. Hit the like, bu like button and comment below. Let me know what you think about this mock and these 2024 rookies. Have a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holiday. Love y'all. Thank y'all for supporting the channel. I'm out. Peace.